All right. How you guys doing? Wow, you sound excited. Woo! All right. I know I'm a stranger, right? And a stranger in a strange land. Um, when Nick asked me to that he's going to be gone for two weeks, I'll be teaching you guys for two weeks. I said, yeah, this would be great. I could connect with the uh, young adults. I mean, you are, you know, you're not the future of the church. You are the church. Right? A lot of people always say you're the future of the church. I don't agree with that. You are the church. And you have a lot to give to, to, the, to the church, to God's life, to everything around here. So it's important that you acknowledge how important you are to God's church, right? Uh, you're not the church of the future. So I wanted to say that. So um, I know that he's doing a special on maturity, right? Maturity in Christ. So I was thinking about teaching you an uh, important aspect of maturity about stress management, right? So one of the things that we all experience in life is stress, right? How many people in the past week has been stressed about something? Raise your hand. I'm gonna raise two hands because I was stressed about a couple of things, right? We all experience this. And even if you have in the past week, you're gonna experience stress sometime in your life, right? Um, so what is stress? What do you think stress is? This, this, you know, let me ask you that. Any, any? Yeah, so stress comes derives from worry, right? So it's, a, it's an, an emotional, physical aspect of worry. So what is worry? Um, I'm not trying to trick anyone up, but like, let, let's get to the, the root of why we stress, right? So we stress because we're worried and we have concerns. Absolutely, right on. So what is a worry? If you were to put a, if I was to ask you to attach an emotion to worry. What emotion would you attach? There you go. Fear. So believe it or not, whenever you stress, it's because you are fearful of something. Now you may say to yourself, ah, that doesn't make sense, but even think about this. Um, you're stressed because of schoolwork. You're, what are you fearful of? Failing class. Correct? Believe it or not, stress is derived. God created us to stress. There's good stress. Stress is meant to motivate us to do something. Right? So you feel fear. God created us to feel fear. There's not, nothing wrong with feeling fear. And then the stress mechanism kicks in so we can protect ourselves. Right? It motivates us to do something. So a lot of times we, we always try to say, ah, oh, we're not fear, you know, it's not good, especially as guys in the world, we're not supposed to experience fear, not supposed to be scared, especially if you're in the military ever, if you're gonna go to military. But that's a falsehood. Fear is natural. Fear is healthy, right? If you think about Proverbs, the ninth chapter, verse 10, what does it say there? It says, the fear of the Lord leads to what? Wisdom and knowledge, right? So you're probably saying, how, how do you get wisdom by being scared? Well, you do. There's a positive and a negative whenever you have an emotion. So the emotion fear, if you treat it correctly, there's a positive, there's a gift that God gives us. If we deal with the fear in an incorrect way, there is an impairment, an impairment that occurs. So let's look at the positive. If you deal with fear in a positive way, it leads to wisdom. How is that so? What do you think? How could fear lead to wisdom? 
feel like it will help you to make good choices versus yeah. bad choices. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Awesome. That's exactly it. Right? That's why the Bible says in many scriptures that it leads to wisdom. Right? I weigh things out. Right? Should I do that? Should I get in that relationship? Should I take an extra class? Should I speed, uh, should I speed on the highway? Should I, you know, it, it weighs things out, right? So fear is healthy, fear is good. But there's an impairment if you don't deal with fear in a correct way. And that's how we end up with the stress. So what's the impairment? What, what does long-term stress lead to? What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Immune system decreases, correct, right? We're not meant to be, physically, we're not meant to be in a state of stress constantly. It's meant to motivate us to do something, to get up and do something, right? So when we don't act upon our stress, our fear, our worry, what happens is it turns into anxiety, and that's the impairment. Anxiety. And the worst thing that you can have as a Christian is anxiety. You know why? Let's, let's look at a scripture, James the first chapter, verse 3 to 4. I'll read this out loud. James the first chapter, verse 3 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. So here we have, right, we have the scriptures telling us that you're going to have trials, you're going to have tribulations, you're going to have problems, you're going to have worries, you're going to have concerns, you're going to have fears in your life, right? But it says that hang in there and have perseverance, right? Faith is going to produce perseverance. So what is perseverance? What is that? What was that? Yeah, keep on keeping on, right? Uh, it's about, despite that these negative things occur in our lives, it's, we're going to still go. We're still going to hang in there. We're, still, we're not going to quit that class. You know, we're not going to just leave that person just because we had an argument, right? We're going to hang in there and we're going to persevere. Now, why is that important for us to have as Christians? Because trials, according to the scripture, trials by dealing with them in the correct way leads to perseverance and that's a good thing. Why do Christians need that? Why do we need to be able to during tough times hang in there? Why is that important? As I sip my coffee. Definitely going to have tough times. Yes. Hanging in there, then you're falling. falling. Yeah, because you're going to leave the Lord. Right? Trouble times come, you get hit, you got a hard relationship, your school's tough for you, there's an illness in the family, or you have an illness, ultimately, you don't, if you don't have perseverance, what do you do? Oh, I blame it on the Lord, I leave. I give up. I shut down. I have anxiety. I don't do anything for the problem, all I do is I hold on to the problem. That's what anxiety is. You hold on to that problem, don't let it go. Does that make sense? Right? And anxiety is one of the worst things you could do to yourself. To be in a state, in a constant state of stress. You know, when, you, when you're stressed, there, there are certain chemicals that are released in your body like cortisol, adrenaline. 
Now that's good sometimes, like if you're gonna run away from a car that's gonna about to hit you, or if there's a, hypothetically, if there's a lion uh, on the road chasing you, right? It's good that you have that adrenaline rush, right? Uh, that fight flight. It's important, right? But to be in a constant state like that, cortisol is not healthy for you. It destroys the body. So whenever we're in a constant state of anxiety, we're literally, literally destroying our body. That's when it becomes, you know, when they say, is, is worry sin? No, worry's not sin. God created us to stress, to have stress. But if we deal with it in an incorrect way, then it's sin, right? If I keep dwelling on my worries as, with anxiety, right? that it starts to affect my relationships with my relationship with God, my relationship with others, then it could become sin. So initially, stress is not sin, it's good, it motivates, but it could turn to sin. And that's where we have to be careful. Does that make sense? All right, so I have some, some statistics here I wanted to, to, to share with you. Uh, the American Psychological Association Right, the American Psychological Association. What do you think are the two top sources of stress in the world, especially for young adults? Money. Yeah, finances and Relations. well, believe it. That's in the top four, but it's it's a job. It's a job. So job and money, when, and they kind of tie in together, right? According to the um, according to this organization, the American Psych Psychological Association. What if I was to tell you? that I don't agree with this. What if I was to tell you the number one stressor you have is not even school? What if I was to tell you that the number one stressor you have is you? Or more accurately, it's your thinking. It's your negative thought process. Right? Lots of times in, the, in our lives, things happen, events. You get a flat tire, you get a bad grade in class, a uh, professor is coming down on you, uh, your parents are mistreating you, they don't understand you, right? And you have these negative events that occur and then you stress, right? But what if I was to tell you that in lots of ways, those events, though they may not be fun, that they're neutral and that the way we pre perceive these events is the real culprit of our stress. Right, so hypothetically, let's say that you left your house one day, you had to go to school or, or work, and you come to your car and you have a flat tire. And depending on how you view that flat tire is going to ultimately depend, it's going to give a outcome of how you're going to react to it, right? So you see, you have a flat tire and all of a sudden your mind, you say to yourself, this is the worst possible thing that can happen to me. My life is ruined. <laughs> I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to be so late. Oh my goodness, right? We do this. Yes. Don't we do this? So what is going to be our physical reaction if our mind is telling us this? Yeah. <laughs> or not, or maybe kick someone, right? Yeah. Kick the tire. We're going to be angry, right? So we're going to stress. We're going we're gonna to feel stress. Correct? And we might think that that's normal. 
but it's not because we have this thing called a uh, negative thinking we all have it and we have this filter that every thought every event in our lives goes through this negative thinking and we what we do is we exaggerate it right most events that occur in our lives are neutral events and we stress about them I'll give you an example how do little kids see snow Yes, no school. Snowball fights. Am I right? Snowmen. Snow angels. Yes, snow angels. Right? We're gonna, we're gonna, it's gonna, it's great. Kids love snow. Am I right? All right. So here's my next question. How do the elderly view snow? We're trapped. Oh my goodness, we're trapped. Chaotic. Chaotic. I gotta shovel the, the snow in the, on my driveway, it's dangerous, I might fall, break my hip. So now, 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 let's realize something. The event was snow. What changed? Why did one perceive it as something wonderful and then others perceive it as something terrible? Snow never changed, snow is snow, it's neutral. So what changed? The way we perceived it. The way we perceived it. The way we perceive things can stress us out. Some people could perceive events as neutral. Okay, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it's all right, I'll live. And some people could take those same events and perceive it as something terrible. I'll give you another perfect example. Death. Everyone is going to experience death one day. Am I right? But why do some people on their deathbed are at peace and they're elated and they're just feeling so wonderful and so excited about that event? And then you have others who are terrified. Why? Why? The event is the same. What made the difference? It's their perception of the event. Now, I'm not saying, you know, when we look at that same event about the, um, about the flat tire, I'm not saying that a flat tire is a nice event, right? It's not about trying to make a positive spin on things that are negative. It's not about that. But it's about looking at things realistically as Christians and not over-exaggerating things that occur, right? It's, is, it, is, it, is it uncomfortable? Is it bad that you get a flat tire? Yes, is it a pain in the butt? Yeah, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, no one likes it, but we all experience it. It's a neutral event. I don't know, well maybe you guys are young, maybe you didn't have experienced it yet. But most, most people have experienced having a flat tire, and if you haven't, guess what? You will, one day. It comes to all of us. But it's not the end of the world, am I right? Right? So it, it's, it's all about how you perceive these things, these stressful events. Most things are neutral. So it's about kind of taking control of your thoughts. That's what it's about as a Christian. It's about taking control of your thoughts. And a lot of times we say to ourselves, well, how do we do that? Can we control our thoughts? And, and, and I would say, yes, there's so many scriptures that tell us about... Um, about taking control of our thoughts. So Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse eight. 
Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So Paul here is encouraging us that the things we need to focus on as Christians are positive things. Let's look at the good, right? It's very easy for us to fall into a pattern of just focusing on the negative in our lives. Because by focusing on the negatives, we're going to have stressful lives. We're going to have anxiety. So as Christians, we need to look at the good. Yes, there is bad. And we need to take care of it, not ignore it, right? We need to be concerned and motivated to do something about the bad. But we need not dwell on it. And that's what Paul is saying. That's what the scripture tells us. That's what God tells us in the scriptures. So everything is, uh, I'm going to give you a simple example of, of this thinking pattern. It's all about the ABCs. So this is easy for you to remember. Some of you might know if you're uh, psychology majors, you might know about this. So it's the ABCs. And I, I do want to say, I don't know if you, you're aware. I'm a therapist at the recovery court. So my specialty is trauma and uh, substance abuse. Those are my specialties. So one of the things I like to teach my clients is, so you have an activating event, the A, plus your belief about that event, B, A, B, the belief of that event, equals C, a consequence. So how you view the event, your belief system on how you view that event that occurred will ultimately determine the consequence, your behavior, how you respond. So again, we, we take that example of the, of the uh, flat tire. All right, so the activating event was the flat tire. My belief about that, right, if I think it's the end of the world, I'm going to be stressed. Correct? The consequence is going to be, if, if I'm going to tell myself, my mind is telling this is the worst thing that's happening, I'm going to be stressed. My, biologically, I'm going, to, I'm going to feel stressed, right? So, but if I look at that event, take the same event, A, the activating event, whatever it is, the flat tire, but my belief system is, okay, this, this is terrible, but it happens. Consequence is going to, I'm just going to get, I'm going to be active, change that tire, and I'm not going to be stressed. Does that make sense? Yeah? I'll give you an example. I want you to think about something you're stressing today, something in your life that you're struggling with, whatever it is. And what I want you to do is, I want you to rate it from one to a hundred, the severity of it. One is as if you broke, let's pretend like if you break your shoelace, a one is you break your shoelace. A hundred is a nuclear holocaust in the world, right? So a hundred is a nuclear holocaust. One is you broke your shoelace, right? These are stressors, different, different levels of stressors, but these are stressors, right? So I want you now, just visually give that a number, the stress that you're struggling with. Who would like to share the number that they, that they put to their stressor? Don't, don't all rush at one time because, you know, you're going to overwhelm me, man. <laughs> what number do you give? You don't have to say what your stressor is, but give me a number that you, that you put to your stressor. 
A 50? All right, that's a, that's a high stress. In the middle. Okay, in the middle. Yeah. Anybody else? Four. You gave it a four. <laughs> Anybody else? Nobody else has stressors? Nobody's they got good lives, man. Huh. I'm sorry, go ahead. 40. 40. Okay, what number you give? Eight. Eight? All right. What do, you, what do you think that, that's a simple exercise. What do you think the premise of that exercise is? It's for those who didn't hear, put things into perspective. Exactly. Because the reality is you start to realize maybe it's not the end of the world, the thing that I'm so concerned about, so worried about. Right? Maybe it's not as bad as I perceive it to be. Right? Maybe I need to put things into perspective. Does that make sense? Let me give you another example or another exercise. And some of these you might see, think are, are silly. I want you to visualize, put your hand out, and just visualize at the palm of your hand that that's where your worry's at. Whatever your worry is, just look at the palm of your hand. Yeah, humor me, if you don't mind. All right, and just kind of look at your palm and visualize that's your stress, whatever it is. Maybe it's school, tests. Maybe it's family relationships, maybe it's boyfriend, girlfriend, maybe it's a spouse, whatever it is, right? And what I want you to do is I want you to just keep looking at your palm, at, at, that thing that represents your stressor, and bring it up to your eyes. What, what did you notice about the rest of the room as you do that? Yeah, the rest of the room is, is mainly covered, right? It's out of focus, it's, it, you're not focused on anything. But believe it or not, this is a good example of what we do with our stressors. We focus so much on our problem, the thing that we believe is a problem, that we can't see anything else. That's how our body works. That's anxiety. That's why people, when they have anxiety, they can't sleep at night. Why? Because they're focusing on their stressor. Here's a question that I have for you. And seriously, think about this. How much worrying will it take for you to, to solve that problem? How much, how much worrying will it take to fix that problem? Whatever that problem is. Huh? Exactly action will, right? So you heard what she said, right? That's perfect, because that's the reality. We've, we spend our lives as Christians worrying about so many things when in reality, worrying doesn't solve a problem. It never does, it never will. It causes more problems. It takes away our sleep, it takes away our health, it takes away, it drops our immunity system. You know, that's why God says don't worry about tomorrow, right? There's enough worries. And we get so tied up in, in these little things in life, and they take away the joy. Because we're so focused on these things that most of them are neutral. Whether it's, you know, study, yes, you need to study, of course, you all need to study. But some people put too much pressure on themselves even with studying. Oh, I gotta get all A's. 
A's are good. I'm not telling you not to get A's in college. A's are good. All right? But you know a B is not going to kill you. Now you might say, yeah, oh, he doesn't know my parents or he doesn't know, you know, the people that I, that I associate with. Well, that's a problem. Because the reality is, in the greater scheme as a Christian, that's not the end of the world. I hate saying that. I hate saying that. We put so much pressure on our kids and our youth in society, and it's wrong. You know, me and Michelle raised five kids. The worst thing I could have ever done to my, one of my kids is this. Why can't you get A's like so-and-so? She's always getting A's, and you're getting C's and B's. That's terrible. That's terrible. Because everybody is a different individual. We raised five kids, they're all different. They have some similarities, but man, they're different. Rebecca, if you know Rebecca, some of you know, know Rebecca, she's driven. We never had to check her homework or anything. I mean, she was driven. My daughter is driven. As a matter of fact, uh, when we relocated and moved down here, we took her, took her to Middle Tennessee uh, Christian High School. And the first year we were here, she was 14 at that time, she came home, she was crying. And, and, and they're recording this, she's going to hear this. <laughs> and, and she was crying, she came home, and me and my wife said, we said, what, what's wrong? And she said, I got a B. She got a B. And I kind of giggled and I said, look, sweetie, did you try your best? And she said, yes. I said, that's all we want and that's all God wants. And then she looked at us and she said, what kind of parents are you? You're supposed to want me to have A's. <laughs> Am I right, Michelle? Yeah. I don't make, I'm not making this up. That wasn't even from the class. That was just yeah. in an exam. She got yeah. like 89 or something. Yeah. So we put so much pressure we, we put so much pressure on ourselves in society. Things that, you know, is it important school? Yes. Is it important you get your degrees and do well? Yes. The Bible says, well, you're supposed to do all things as if unto the Lord. So you're supposed to give your all. But is it okay to get a B even after you give? Yes. Don't stress, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself that you're going to make yourself ill. And I know there's probably going to be a lot of parents who hate me for saying that to you. But that's the reality. I have a lot of clients that suffer from PTSD and, and different anxiety disorders. And, and it's terrible. The pressures of this world that they put upon themselves. Right? And that's, that's what I want to give to you for you to understand. As Christians, we don't have to stress things like that. And there's ways that we could, I'm going to show you a whole bunch of scriptures next week. Uh, I know I've only gone to a couple of them. Next week, I'm going to, I'm, we're going to get into exactly what the scripture says, how we can deal and overcome stress. And that we can live joyful lives instead of stressful lives. Instead of being uptight all the time, walking around and carrying all this weight on our shoulders, we can walk around joyfully and happy. And uh, despite that, we have the same responsibilities that everyone else has, right? Uh, what, what time? How much time do I have? Seven minutes. Seven minutes? Okay. So, 
I have handouts for you next week. I'm going to give them to you. The reason I never give handouts in the beginning is because people have a tendency of doing this when you teach a class. And they focus on the handouts. So I'm not, I'm not going to give you the handouts until next week. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about one last thing. And then next week we'll talk about how to change your thinking. We're going to get in more details about how to change biblically, how to change your thinking. What's the healthy way to, to do that? But I do want to say this. One of the main things we have to do is dispute our negative thinking. We are the only creatures that God created on this world that can think about our thinking. This is a fact. Other animals can think, but we're the only ones that can challenge our thinking. We can stop and say, is that accurate? Right? So when you say, I have the worst professor in the world, you can stop and challenge that thought and say, do I really have the worst professor in the world? Have I ever had a worse professor before? Or did my friends ever talk about a really bad professor? I mean, that's one of the, the main things as, as God created us, and we're so special with that, we could challenge those negative thoughts in our lives. And I do want to say this, and so you, some of you are science majors and stuff. You know, there's the prefrontal cortex, which is your rational thinking. It's not fully developed till you're 26. I didn't invent that number, so don't get mad at me. So if you're younger than 26, your prefrontal cortex, your rational thinking is not fully developed. Anyway, and then there's the midbrain. That's where pleasure comes from. That's where, you, you know, it kind of all your fight, flight, your feelings, your just your basic uh, primitive feelings come from the midbrain. And those two brains are going to compete with each other your whole life, right? So I'll give you an example. Your midbrain, is it, all it thinks about is, is, is pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. So it is your midbrain that's going to say, okay, take another piece of pie. It is your prefrontal cortex that say, listen, you, you already had too much to eat. You got to watch your weight. Right? It is your pleasure part of the brain that's going to say, even if you're in a significant relationship with someone, it's your pleasure part of your brain that's going to say, wow, that person is really nice. It is your prefrontal cortex that's going to say, listen, you're in a relationship, you need to be faithful. Those two parts of the brains will compete. That's what addicts, the, 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 it's the, the midbrain that's in control with addicts. There's no rational thinking. Their midbrain's in control. As Christians, our, our, midbrain, our prefrontal cortex has to be in control. We have to be able to perceive. We have to be able to break things down and, and analyze things. Because otherwise, we'll be stressed. We'll walk around stressed the rest of our lives with our primitive feelings. We have to think. Let me tell you something. Should you be stressed that someone cuts you off on the road? No. But we get stressed. Right? I don't anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I don't anymore. <laughs> Which is good. So, so, but this is the thing. There are so many things that we, because remember, whenever you're stressed, it's a, it, you, it's a belief that you're being threatened. That's what our natural feeling is. When you're stressed, it's fear. Remember, fear. And the reaction is stress. Right? Someone cuts me off. How dare you threaten me? But in reality, was that a threat? Maybe your pride was hurt. So some people, they end up following their primitive thinking, I'm going to chase this person down, I'm going to cut them off themselves. Right? The worst thing we can do. So we need to think rationally as Christians, especially as Christians, we, know, we need to always think rationally. Right? And then we could prevent the stress from coming. 
And I'll tell you again, next week, we'll talk about how we could change your thinking so that way you have less stress and anxiety in your life. And that's it. Thanks for your good attention. You guys were great and good participation.